0: and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, aka Brutal Gash, and I've been busy. I've got the whiteboard and the string out. I've got all kinds of equations and algorithms trying to figure out where the Celtics team or how the Celtics team can resolve some of these bugs in their code. Joining me, as per usual, one of the Celtics Reddit greats, Rickman Lives. Real name, Jackson. Jackson, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. I'm glad
2: you brought out the whiteboard and the string and all that. I haven't quite got my noose out yet. Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> wow. maybe, maybe at the end of this one, I'll um, I'll either put it away for good or, or leave it out on on hold. But no, 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 I'm I'm good, mate. I'm good, despite everything, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear it. And of course, from across the Tasman, there in New Zealand, Joe, aka Nosey McFly, aka Mister Birthday Man, Joe, Happy Birthday for yesterday, my friend. Welcome. Thanks, thanks, guys. I've been trying to get this um this Larry Bird Day thing
1: <laughs> happening. So when you turn thirty three, it's your it's your Larry Bird Day. Of course um, It's not catching But you know If it's going to catch on anywhere It's going to be within the cosy confines Of Celtic's Reddit Yeah uh, we, we are all here for each other guys We're here for each other I think the I Beginning think, of a meme
2: I think 33 years I think your 33 birthday Yeah You should definitely sport the blonde wig And wear all green <laughs> Yeah And just and, and, and let everyone know it's your birthday And if they can't piece it together
0: from there Then they're not worth knowing other.
2: <laughs> they really
0: are <laughs>
1: No Philistines
0: now, look, you uh, you listeners out there, if you if you do want to contact us here at the podcast, the easiest way is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. Hit us up, let us know your thoughts. So we at this podcast have been lucky the last couple of weeks in the sense that we've recorded on nights following a healthy or sometimes series of healthy Celtics victories. Not the case this week, which is fine. We, you know, we've, we've dropped a few games to some pretty average teams. We're here to talk about it. Normally, we do the Reddit recap separately, but today we're weaving all the Reddit stuff, all the Reddit content into our discussion about it um, and about where we're at at this point of the season. So guys, with this latest disappointing stretch, how, how are we feeling? Um, How am I
2: feeling? Well, it was about a month ago that I think I resigned myself to the fact that this was going to be an inconsistent team for at least the span of the regular season. At least I hope it only extends to the regular season. So in a way, losing three on the bounce after winning four on the bounce isn't really, you know, out of the ordinary for what this team has been doing this year. (laughs) Um, So in that respect, it's kind of like, you know, steady as she goes, we've still got the same issues. We've still got the same, uh, you know, the same, I still like the same things. I still dislike the same things. Nothing about this last three this last three game losing streak has really swayed my opinion to the negative any more than it already was. Mm-hmm. Um it, it would, however, be totally naive to ignore the fact that there really seems to be a deficiency uh when we don't have certain players on the court. Now I'm sure we'll get into this and we'll get deep dive down through, but like my it seems to me that the bench right now is really underperforming. I think ever since you took Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris off that bench unit and put him in the starters, the starters got better, the bench got worse. Um, there's a whole lot of other things going on there, but I think like that's basically where I'll leave it at now. My opinions haven't really changed in where we are right now, mm-hmm. but there's starting to be some issues with the team that are starting to, the issues are starting to become a little bit more obvious or starting to become a bit more glaring, and that's a little bit concerning. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Good point.
2: I... How are you feeling, Joe?
1: You know, um, I I was listening a bit to the Windhorse Windhurst, Windus? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm doing what he morning. does when he's to, when he when he does the Windy. You know, at the start <laughs> of his podcast, they have this thing where they like go on about how he doesn't really care about his podcast and he won't subscribe to it. and Yeah. You know, no, remember the name to? it. I always enjoy that, but I'm doing it now to him. Um, I was listening a bit to the to the one with Bon Temps uh, and Goldsbury today, and um, and. I'm just like, forget the performance. I just I feel like we root for stories so as much as anything, and a big part of that is, man, we want our teammate the, the team we cheer for, we want them to like each other, and um, I'm finding it really upsetting um, that our team doesn't seem to like each other right now, and really um, is that what you think? Y- yeah, man, okay. yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't sarcastic by the way, sorry I'm, I'm genuinely surprise sorry go on
1: no nah, man i really feel like they don't like there's just obviously obvious tension and um i kind of i'm like i was going back through the old mental roller decks and, and i couldn't really remember like i couldn't really remember a, a stretch like this i honestly couldn't yeah
0: do you mean um, like a dramatic stretch like a, a like a stretch where we're sort of in the headlines a little bit and there's yeah. like gossip and like, yeah i was thinking that too I,
1: Because, I mean, I've been following the team. This is, is like, year number 19 for me. Uh And I'm sure there were things, and maybe the internet wasn't as developed as well. But, like, I mean, I remember being pretty tense between Antoine and Ainge before Mm -hmm. Antoine got traded. Um, Yeah, I just can't remember drama like this, you know? Like, uh, I I mean, we kind of found out more about the Ray Rondo stuff, I felt like, after the fact. Yeah, I don't know, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's it's unfamiliar It's really unfamiliar, this sort of drama We're not the Knicks, you know and We're not the Sixers
0: Fair enough uh, mm. Are you referring to some of the recent post-game comments that have come out And, you know, there was that clip of Mook shoving Jalen and, and Smart totally. sort of jumping in between them And is that the sort of stuff you're talking about? Totally, or there's that
1: and then there's the, there's that And then there's like the, the, Kyrie, the Kyrie thing with Hayward I actually felt that that was almost the I don't know that you can chalk a lot of that up to competitiveness, but like it came out in the open, you know. Um, I felt yep. like Hayward didn't make a bad read on that play. Um, there's two seconds left. It just wasn't what Kyrie liked, you know. Um, I thought that was super telling. Um, the 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 Kyrie Jalen sort of um, where they're sort of subtweeting each other. Um, you know, uh, this is not like normal for this team. You know, like it's yeah. been a pretty stable. St- it's been a pretty steady ship through the whole Danny Ainge era, really. And um, I'm not. Yeah, it's like win or lose, I want my team to be likable. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I right that right now. That's what I'm probably battling with. Yeah, Jeez. I'm battling. I'm battling Celtics Reddit. I'm battling.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's it's a new thing to deal with. I think for a lot of Celtics fans, as you sort of touched on that, Joe, like it's not. This this team, the Celtics team, there's a good organizational culture around the Celtics, and mm. we're, we're usually separated from this kind of infighting that you might see with your Denver Nuggets, for example. No, I'm just that's a Nuggets' disk they're, they're fine. Shout out to the Nuggets Radio <laughs> Podcast. Or, or may I may I may <laughs> I
2: add a Golden State Warriors? The whole Draymond sure. Green, Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant thing doesn't yep, really yeah. doesn't really
0: affect them though. I mean, they are the yep. Warriors. But sorry, I'll keep going, Ben. I don't want to hijack. No, the no, no, no. Um, yeah, this is new for us to deal with and it's, I don't know, it's difficult, but, you know, so many points in this season already I've said, oh, this is, this is the absolute low point for the season. Like, here we are again debating whether or not this is the actual low point, but we're, we're only a week removed from the Pacers game and the Nets game and that stretch where we had, you know, X number of assists in in a stretch of games that was, you know, I think record-breaking for the franchise and at the time was the the league-leading um, streak of a certain amount of assists at 30-something, whatever it was, the, the team was cohesive. They were, they were playing the right their way and they were, they were playing, like, the way that they're supposed to play. Like, it was like the the puzzle had been solved at that point and people were slipping into their roles. People, as in the players on the Celtics, were slipping into their roles and and playing, um, you know, with synergy and, you know, all, all those... Corporate terms, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, they were playing well together. They were showing us that they knew what it was to play the way that they're supposed to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like we had this solved, and they did it for a stretch of games, and they've turned the corner. Blah 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 blah. And you know, we've rattled off a few shitty games where we've lost to some shitty average teams, and that's fine. But the positive to take from that is like they've they've shown that they can play that way. They've shown that they know what that is, and I think that there's. Not to sound like too much of an optimist here, but there's every reason to think that they can find that again. Like they've done it. They know what it is. Just go and do that more. Yeah.
2: I, I, I don't buy that they don't like each other at all. I think, I think this is 100% symptomatic of a team that is A, expected to win a, a title or is placed in that contender category. There's going to be more coverage of them anywhere. So any little like sideways glances or sub-tweets or like offhanded misinterpreted or whatever comments in the media are going to be scrutinized and looked at more but these guys obviously want to win and i think Kyrie irving being like the the, the leader of the group who's been there before he kind of feels like this is me speculating of course but i feel like if, if things don't go the way Kyrie wants them then he kind of takes that as maybe as an affront to his leadership because he's the one who's been there and done it before and i'm sure brad stevens has told him look you got to mentor the young guys and blah 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 blah, blah. um like, how many team meetings has this team had this year after bad losses? So, this is at least three that I can count. So that that might have something to say that there's like you know issues that have never really gone away, have never really been repaired. They constantly need to keep coming back and you know patching them up, and then they go on these winning runs and everything's rosy, and then it's a winning a losing streak, and then it comes up again. But man, I would have a real issue if this team that was considered a contender and was meant to achieve all this great stuff, if after a couple of shitty wins that I didn't see them calling each other out or I didn't see them getting up each other, I would feel way, way more concerned if there was this ho-hum, we'll be all right, we just got to get it together next game, and I choose, like, no, I want to see him angry. I want him to be likable as well. I don't want it to be a team of assholes, you know, like, you know, flexing on each other and seeing, like, which ego is going to wing it out. That's, That's a horrible position to be in. But I just don't think that any of this team drama is 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 to be not is not to be expected when you're meant to be a contender. And I think it's the frustration of not reaching those those levels that we've all given ourselves, or given this team, that's driving most of that. And I think the one thing that'll fix it is just getting some wins up. Going on a five-game win streak and we're not going to see any of these, you know, quibbles as far as I'm concerned. But then again, that's how the season's been going. It's been win win a bit, lose a bit, win a bit, lose a bit. And if as long as that continues, you know, maybe there will be some truth to it. Maybe we will see a punch thrown, you know, amongst them, which we hope not. But um, it it just doesn't concern me. I think the way it concerns maybe you guys, unless I'm wrong, unless I'm reading that wrong. Sorry.
1: Well, I mean, I just I just imagine what it would be like in real life, and like like I've enjoyed watching Kyrie as a player way more than I anticipated I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like imagine being like honestly, imagine if Kyrie Irving was your manager. <laughs> At work Like Like honestly He's got a little Michael Scott to him He says words That he doesn't understand You know Like 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 I can imagine I can kind of imagine Like Mandatory hour long Meditation sessions Yeah Yeah. (laughs) You know And and then you've got Jalen Brown And like um, Like I could imagine Like I just imagine If I was on that team I'd probably like Jalen Brown But at the same time, I can also imagine looking at this guy who, you know, you know, he, he he kind of cultivates this image as a Renaissance man and you know, and are you really? You know, like like I'm sure he's, you know, bright for a normal person, but I don't think he's a genius, you know, and and, and you know, like there's I could just imagine that really grating on me if those were my coworkers. <laughs> you know? Um so I do. I think they don't like each other. I mean, yeah, I guess I do. I mean, this is so like soft analysis, right? Like um, total speculation. To, but, total, yeah, spe- total We're here to spe- talk spe- about it. Yeah, yeah. But all I know is that um, it's definitely a effect- the the way they interact with each other totally affects how I enjoy the team, right? Like that's yeah. for sure. Like we love it when they see like Gordon Hayward get Gatorade dumped on him. Like we feel mm-hmm. good. We feel like we're Gordon Hayward right then, right? I yeah. feel like the Gatorade got dumped on us as fans. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and when and when they're fighting, I feel like they're fighting with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it no, went I, a little
1: I... deeper than I thought it was going to <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, I, I think I can certainly relate to that. I think most people you know if they if they're digging deep enough into the Celtics like realm of content that they're listening to this podcast, then they they could probably relate to that as well. Let's let's be honest. I um it it must be difficult, right? I mean I'm not uncovering anything new here, but it's a bit of a puzzle that I think Brad Stevens and his coaching staff and, and maybe some of the lead veterans on the team need to solve because there's there's a lot of talent. That that's something that's come up a lot regularly. I think Terry Rogier mentioned that there's maybe I think his indirect quote was there's there's too much talent on this team there's a lot of a lot of guys who are possibly over talented for their role and that they just have to essentially bite the bullet and and fall into that role and we when we've seen success like against the paces and that stretch of of really good high assist cohesive games i feel like the guys on the team have done that and just settled into you know essentially what they're paid to do and then you know we, we play like a sub 500 team and like there's a bit of like laxness to it where guys like Terry Rogier, for example, and whoever else sort of go, Oh, okay, like, this is kind of a nothing game. I can probably come out and, and like put up a few extra shots here and, and play outside of my role a little bit. I feel like that's really affecting us. I haven't I haven't got the numbers up numbers up in front of me in terms of our record against sub five hundred teams, but I feel like that is indicative of, of some of the the struggles with this team where we just kind of piss it up the wall a little bit against these these average teams. Whereas when it comes to playing an important team with the Raptors tomorrow, you know, we saw the the Pacers recently, we actually like stick to our game plan and, and play like we're supposed to. Yeah. That's something that needs to be figured out, right? And because we've shown we can do that, it just comes down to doing that consistently and, you know, we're halfway through the season. It's January. The playoffs are in April. We've got time to figure that out and I think previously i've been more worried through shorter stretches of poor play than i am now through a slightly longer stretch like i i'm i'm happy with what i've seen in terms of the team playing well and i'm confident they can do it again so while you know we're stuck in this drama and you know guys speaking out of school about one, one another i just i don't know it doesn't bother me that much am i am i wrong for feeling that way well it doesn't it doesn't bother me at, at all i mean I've,
2: you you mentioned about Brad Stevens and and the coaching system there i think a lot of what we're seeing as well is Brad trying to figure out how to coach a, a high-level team. Not that any NBA team is, is not a high-level, but you know what I mean? Since he's come in, we've been an underdog the whole way through. Even last season when we got Hayward and Kyrie, as soon as Hayward went down, it was like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, forget it. And then Kyrie goes down, it's like, they're going to lose to the Bucks. I think, I think there's an element about Brad and his approach that the, when the, the offense is so evenly distributed and everyone's buying in and everyone's got to have their own little roles, it, it plays into the, into the underdog sort of role. So now that we're not that anymore and we're, fail- we're-, we're losing to these sub-500 teams, and I would say it's probably not so much the sub-500 teams, it's our form on the road versus our form at home that is the, there's the big disparity at the moment. So I think we're, I think we're seeing Brad Stevens you know, trying to figure out you know, how he should be coaching this team as well as how these players are trying to figure out how they fit into their roles. Because there's definitely an element of some players thinking you know, they should get more shots or they should, you know, be more a part of this aspect of the offense rather than that. And I could see on, like, you know, on games where it hasn't been drilled into them that this is a really super, super serious, important game. I'm sure that those are the words that they use. Super serious game against the Raptors, guys. It's on the whiteboard. Yeah, exactly. Guys. <laughs> hey, guys, guys, I'm serious. We've got, got a super serious yeah. game tonight, guys. Oh, Jesus. Um, yes. It's that
0: all-American sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
2: guys. So I, I feel like in those games where like they don't have to be told that this is important, they got to sw- the switch on, we're going to see performances. Like, we'll, we'll, know, we'll know a lot about this team tomorrow against the Raptors. We really, really will. If we don't perform there, I'm going to be like, all right, sweet. It's a, men- it's a mental issue. If they perform badly tomorrow, I'm going to be like, okay, whatever, is it, whatever issues we have now are starting to get to our core. So to come back to Stevens one more time, yeah, I think we're seeing him figuring out how he coaches a team of guys who may not necessarily be buying into the system anymore because the expectations have been elevated. And you know what my point is about that, I don't know. But I think, it's, I think everyone's kind of on this ride of sort of figuring themselves out and making that next leap to being a
0: great team yeah. like
2: across the board.
0: Yeah, I I get you. Like, it, it's kind of fun in a way. In a way, like, once you've accepted the season so far and you recalibrate, it's kind of fun to be like, okay, like, clearly there's maybe too much talent on this team. Like, let's see if they can figure it out. And that's not necessarily a bad problem to have. It's an interesting problem and, like, a slightly unprecedented problem in terms of top-down level talent, like 1 through 15. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of excited for the second half of the season because... You know, maybe they don't figure it out and maybe we go out in the first or second round, but maybe they do figure it out and it's incredible and and we get to it'll it'll be really rewarding when that happens. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic.
1: <laughs> I don't know, like uh, uh were s hearing it I'm gonna probably burrow off this danger cat thing. I think um maybe the truth is like like this is this team is really shaking my faith in, you know, points differential as mm-hmm. like an indicator of whether you're really, really good or not. Um I've been a big believer in that and um, you know, Danger K had this point where he's like, you know we're just a high variance team you know, like we when we win, we win going away because um, we shoot a lot of threes and when we lose, we don't shoot a lot of threes we don't make a lot of threes and and um, you know, and we don't get to the free throw line to kind of compensate for that um, you know, that high variance-ness of, our, of the offense so we're a high variance team. That still means we can get hot at the right time, um, but that doesn't mean we're good, um, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, d- does that make sense?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it does. I, yeah,
2: I, 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 it, it kind of bleeds in. I don't want to like hijack and go off on a tangent here, but it's kind of like you know how we had those six games where we had the thirty plus assists. See, so that, that's yeah. that's a fantastic start, but like that's because they were making the shots, right? You could have, you know, 35 absolute Corker passes, no look to open threes, if you rim corker, them all out. Great use of Corker, by the Thank way. Thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you rim them all, then shit, you're not going to get your 30 plus assists, and then that, that stat means absolutely nothing. But like, no, it's w- a when they do state. go in, it's like, oh, yeah. sweet, look at this, 30 plus assists, it's all sweet. Whereas, you know, that can, it's like a quantum state thing. It can, it can be either here nor there. Or it is either here or there until it's observed. That, that is a tangent, sorry. But... <laughs> I think the points differential thing, like you're saying, they can get hot at the right times. isn't necessarily good indicator whether they're good or not. Just the way 30 plus assists over six games might suggest that the team is playing fantastic team basketball, but really it's just that they're making shots, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it should be more, but like just the way we're structured, like
1: you've, you know, we've kind of gone over this a little bit, but, um, you know, back in the era of good feelings all of a week ago, you know, like we were getting really good shots against Orlando. Actually, there were periods where the ball moved really, really well, um, and you know, Orlando did some amazing, did some amazing uh, rotations and and closeouts, like second, third, fourth, fifth effort stuff. They were pretty good. Yeah. But um, you know, it's just yeah, it's sort of the nature of the beast with these these um, these super three point. Dependent offenses You know um, Even if you Do good You can do bad And um Yeah I, mm, I I haven't Hated our offense Lately But it sure looks A lot better When it goes in That's that's for sure mm. Yeah It also Great. looks A
0: lot better When we're not Playing against A zone Set by The Brooklyn Nets In the third quarter Where they dropped 44 points on us All right, uh, I, I think we, we could talk A lot about What's wrong With this team And try and Diagnose The, the bugs in their code, like I said earlier, um, but you know that's up to Brad Stevens, and we can talk about it all we like. It's not going to change anything. I, I want to rattle off a few points to you guys quickly and have you react to them um, because there have been some some diamonds in the rough of the past couple of weeks. So I want to start with Brad Wanamaker, particularly in his last performance. Uh, obviously, he put up some. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to rattle off a couple of positives because there are some good things either that have happened in the last couple of days or have coming up in the next couple of days. And, and Brad Wanamaker is definitely one of them. And you know, there's been some arguments online, Twitter, Reddit, wherever you want to go, um, that he should start eating up some of Terry Rogier's minutes. I, I personally agree with that. I feel like he's more of a pure point guard. He plays within the confines of his role, which is what we need for, for someone at that, I don't know, at that number uh, in terms of you know, 1 to 15 rotation. I don't know. I was pretty happy with Wanamaker. I want to hear what you guys think. I think it's, it's def he definitely
2: should be getting at least half of Rozier's minutes and half of Rozier's, you know, shots. Or at least the ball in his hand half as much at the moment. Look, I think... I, th- I, I feel sad about Terry Rozier because it was, only, it was only back in May last year when everyone <laughs> had the scary Terry t-shirts and he, he, he completely faked out Eric Bledsoe and hit the three that would have won us the game against the Bucs except for Chris Middleton. But then it was his just general performance all at the playoffs, you know. Like, t- Terry was the man. And as far as I'm concerned, he always will be for that stretch. I and mean, they're always going to be thankful for that season and particularly that playoff stretch there. Um, but, you know, there's just no way around it that his performance is at the moment. Terrible. And it, it, it might be a bit scapegoaty to say that, like, you know, he's been terrible and, and it, he needs to pay for it when other guys have also been subpar and they're maybe not going to pay for it as dramatically as he does. But from what I've seen of Wanamaker versus what I've seen as Roger, like, there has to at least be, you know, a hierarchy change, at least in the short term. And if Broad Wanamaker mm-hmm. can run with that role and can make the bench tick offensively a little bit better, then I'm all for it. But, you know, there's every chance that he has three or four good games and then goes to shit. And then, it, and then you bring Rogier back in. Then he's good. Then he goes back to shit. It's just that inconsistency thing, man, across the line. But to answer your yeah. question, yeah, he should definitely be getting the start now, or the start. He should definitely be getting the the third guard spot. I'd say. So,
1: so one of the lessons that we're really learning this year, right, is that, um, like, superstars and their roles are better than superstars. You know, um, like it's, you know, like like we would be better. Um, as a team, right, if we... Like, I personally think we'd be performing better as a team if Wanamaker had had, had Rosie's minutes all year. Yeah, agreed. Because, you know, like, Brad Wanamaker isn't necessarily a better player, but he's better in the role of backup point guard. And that's why the starting units probably worked quite well since the Makai got in there, right? Those two dudes are great in their roles. And, um, you know, that, that's one of those things where I understand why you bet on talent. But, yeah, I mean, I think I'd be pretty... It's, the Rosier thing's not working. It is not working, man. Like, you, we all know this, eh? We all go, ah, bugger, when Rosier comes in, eh? You know, like we're like, oh, not this stretch of the game again. Hopefully we get through this. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure we all feel like that. I feel um, that
2: I feel that when it's that specific lineup that they put the graphic on. It's like Rozier, Brown, Tatum, <laughs> Haywood, and Tyus, and you go, oh, shit. But the more you think about it, yeah, it sadly is probably just Terry, isn't it? Well, I mean... He's my scapegoat. <laughs> so. He's everyone's scapegoat, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, He's
0: mine too. Uh, he, he has not been good. And it's clear, like if you look at, you know, we've got a lead and this, this is not um, an anomaly. This is not something that's happened once or twice. It happens regularly. And you know, we build a lead, Terry Rogier comes in and we lose said lead. Like it's as simple as that. The, the, the You know, they say, uh, what is it? Occam's razor is the, the simplest explanation is often the best one. I'm probably paraphrasing there. Occam's Rogier, the simplest...
1: Oh, oh, he went there. I He'd been, been storing it for weeks. He'd I mean, been I, storing it for weeks. I stood well no, out of on
0: to that. for a while. Occam's Rogier, the simplest explanation is to trade Terry Rogier. I'm going there. I'm taking us in that direction. Trade um, him, eh? Okay. I, I mean, okay. I mean, there's some simple points that can be made about this, right? He's he's going to leave at the end of the he's season. Got Someone's going to gonna offer him something. Yeah, yeah totally. For him and it, for
1: us, Right.
0: He's got yeah. to. and the the one argument for holding on to him was that he could contribute for a deep playoff run, potentially championship playoff run. We're certainly not thinking about that now. So you try and get something for Terry Rozier at, at this point, right? You try and get anything back for him, even if it's a you know an early second round pick, uh, and it's addition by a subtraction, right? you you're getting rid of a guy who probably has the. Worst ego to roll ratio on our team. <laughs> you're you're, so you're so getting rid of ratio. right. Take that
1: for data.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, we, we've got to get some metrics on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Someone yeah. get us we some should, metrics. God it damn it. The ET double R. The ET
0: double R percentage. That's yeah. a new eater. one. Yeah, that's eater. <laughs> yeah, I just um, and I've got a link here somewhere. Someone posted a thread on Reddit. We're, we're jumping all over the place. We're really out of our structure here. Uh, on this podcast but just like the Celtics hey there you go yeah chemistry issues all over the place here we go user (laughs) par 799 posted a trade ideas thread and uh surprise surprise it's it's full of full of uh Terry Rozier trade theories um and user pidiv20 I hope I'm saying that right wrote needs catch and shoot slash three and d shooting guard high motor defensive minded point guard. You know, if we're going to make a trade, if we're going to make this a legit discussion, we need to start with team needs and things that we need to stay away from. And, and certainly, that catch and shoot shooting guard, someone who isn't ball dominant, someone who can catch and shoot and, and doesn't require the ball in their hands a lot of the time, is the way to go. I, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, and you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm going away from my original point a little bit, but I, I feel like we need to move away from Terry Rozier before the February seven deadline.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. It would have been great to move away from it in hindsight um before the start of the season but like that ship's sail um yep. you, i do find myself doing like little what if say like um like surely w- like cleveland would have thought about you know corver for rosier plus i don't know who else would have salary would actually be a bit tricky there i should have thought that through but you know like that sort of that sort of talent um swap surely would have been available and kyle corver would help Right,
0: like, absolutely, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it's, someone it's in that just, role, like yeah. your Wayne Ellington kind of guy, yeah, like your catch yeah. and shoot yeah. guy.
2: But I mean, like obviously, the power of hindsight is 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 completely twenty twenty. Like, would, How? You, would, you, would you would you have done that trade for a thirty eight year old called Kyle Clover for Terry Rozier, who just like had the best three weeks of his life? How about put some pieces together for Terrence Ross? <laughs> that dude's yeah. killed
1: us. Yeah, yeah, he
0: killed <laughs> us the other day. He got really hot. Sure the, I uh, mean, he was the, the reason they
2: won, man, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think. I think that the universal consensus is we got to trade Terry. I just. I, I just wonder what we could get for him. And I'm not of the belief that oh anything would be better than Terry Regier. I think that's rubbish. But when you couple the fact that he will be 99% sure leaving at the end of the season, um, you you should try and get something for him, man. I like. It's 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 not going to happen. But man, I I would I would love to get me some Jeremy Lin. Would anyone else be in on that? Oh, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I love Jeremy Lin,
0: but oh, wouldn't man, that be wouldn't
1: him. that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool?
2: Get him uh, on for a playoff run.
0: But yeah. Um, I I don't know. You don't know. I mean, Jeremy
2: Lin would get
1: us going to the hoop, man, cuz Jeremy Lin is a pick and roll player. He yeah. gets you going to the hoop. He would uh, not like, lack aggressiveness him and at all. him and Bob, him and Bob Williams would be great. Shit yeah. Yeah. So <laughs>
2: that's why I'm in love with that idea, but I I think it's unrealistic. I did see that um uh, Dallas is trying to get rid of Dennis Smith Jr. Which is enticing the likes of like the Knicks, the Magic, and the Suns as well too. So immediately there's a there's a point guard of a higher sort of I guess a higher profile. Would we say that Dennis Smith is probably a, a more sought after than a Terry Rozier, particularly Terry Rozier at the moment? Um, so there there's already a guard in, in the market that pre- people are probably going to want instead of. So I mean, I I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be devastated if if he was still here at the end of the season and like never contributed beyond what he's contributing now. Obviously that would be annoying. But um, I, I don't know. I just don't think we can get much for him. I really don't. No. The market kind of got set a little bit with
1: like that. Um, the, it was the Dylan Brooks trade, right? Mm-hmm. You know, didn't you get oh, two the Brooks, second round? The
2: bro- the, which Brooks is which Brooks? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs>
1: Brooks was here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, you know, if we got two second, I think we'd be lucky to get two second rounders for him mm. at this yep. point.
0: Yeah. yeah, and the the Dennis Smith Jr. thing as well. It, it's kind of it's almost like for like, except that Terry Rogier knows the offense, in, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that we're getting much really in return. Other oh than yeah, no, I wasn't contracted for a couple. Wasn't more years. Wasn't advocating
2: getting him for Dennis Smith. No, no, no. The guy can. But yeah, but it, It's been floating around. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, so I, I don't think that really works for either team. But um, I mean, being creative. I mean, hmm. We we need someone who can perform a role, right? Like we just don't need another we don't need another person who might be a star. Yeah. We need no upside, right? Like <laughs> we need we need you. We need someone who knows exactly what they are.
2: Yeah. Um
1: man. Yeah. I would, some... I would
2: I would I would love me on uh, top of my Jeremy Lin phase, my Australian bias is coming through. I would love to get me some Dante Axum, but he's oh. starting to trend up a bit now and I think it would cost a lot more than Terry Rozier at this point. My I would love me some Joe Ingalls. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There would be a really a Joe. Haywood for Ingles. Who says no? Wow. Who Utah? says no? Utah straight <laughs> <Yeah>. up, man. <laughs> I <I'll> bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you keep him. There's some there's some pretty terrible I'm not gonna mention any usernames here, but I'm just scrolling through this list and we've got Terry Rogier for Frankie Smokes, Frankie N- uh, Nil Realistic realistic, actually. Terry and yeah. the Clippers pick for Dennis Smith Jr. D- Rogier for Dwayne Dedman. Smart Morris and Yabu for Marcus Soul. You oh well wow. Marcus you lost Sol me at Marcus Smart, part. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Rose, yeah, yeah. Ro- <laughs> Rogier yeah. <laughs> in a second for Derek Rose, which isn't bad, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. The Wolves no, do it. That no. oh. Yeah, that's I don't know. Have a have a scroll through it, listeners. It's I uh, was posted uh, at the time of recording this podcast 19 hours ago by user par seven nine nine. It's interesting um, discussion going on there, but I, I do think that we're at the point. The trade deadline looming, that Danny Ainge has to make a move. It's a it's a weird, uh, like almost anti poetic ending if if they do mm. move Terry Rogier because he know, was the one. only re- yeah he was he was the chosen one. And only you know only recently there was uh, some sort of yeah. quote from Terry Rogier where he's like Danny Ainge won't trade me, and and for a while you believe that right? Like he yeah. was this young gun, up and coming going to take the reins of the offense at some point and then it uh it, you know it, clearly wasn't all, to be. All he he would, he would grow fonder
2: in every Celtics fan's mind as soon as he leaves. Right now he's right now he's cancer get him out. I, I hate him. He sucks. Puh, puh, you got to spit when you say his name. <laughs> yeah. As soon I've as he to- leaves and he's gone for 2 weeks, everyone be like, "Remember Scary Terry? Man, yeah, yeah. those are the so best." Good. And it would be better <laughs> I think it would just be better
0: for everyone like you said, Joe. So yeah. Yep, absolutely. I've I've got my Terry, my my Scary Terry shirt. It's now very, very much at the bottom of my t-shirt pile, unfortunately. I'd love to sort of dust it off and wear it, sort of in in memoriam, in in you know happy memories of of, of better days past. But um, anyway, you know that's uh, that's where we're at. You know we, we, that was a, quite a segue. We we started talking about. I wanted to rattle off a few positive things about what had happened in the past couple <laughs> of days. We did a deep dive on t- trading Terry Rogier. Something else that uh, I wanted to bring up was Tatum. He had a career-high 34 points against Brooklyn. Would be remiss if we didn't bring this up. Um, a pretty impressive game. Got to the line quite regularly, more regularly than he's been doing. Uh, and his, his pick-and-roll playmaking needs to be mentioned as well. He got himself in pick-and-roll situations quite regularly and um, got himself to the line as a result. He, he seemed to be going up and into the body of defenders more than sort of Kobe-style fading away, which was a, a really good sign. Um, I don't know. I, I was impressed by Tatum. Obviously, he sort of led along with Jalen Brown that, that comeback, which unfortunately the Celtics tend to do a lot where they go down by a lot and then bring it back just close enough to sort of entertain the idea of a comeback but ultimately let you down, right? Um, but, but Tatum certainly led that in this particular game. It was, was really impressive.
2: That's, that's kind of, We've kind of swapped the to get ourselves into a hole, come back with a fucking amazing win, traded that for get ourselves in a big hole, come back and then almost win and then go to shit at the end again, which is far less, far less fun this year. Um, but yeah. no, I mean, I was stoked for Tatum because, I mean, I, I don't know, I gave up on that Brooklyn game midway through the third quarter just because of how the, the manner of the absurdity in which we were losing. And um, yeah, to, to see Tatum's game the way that it planned out, like I would kind of, I would hope to expect that when there's no Kyrie and there's particularly no Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris wasn't having his standard, you know, efficient, reliable night. So someone needed to step up. So the fact that it was Tatum and not like no disrespect to Terry Rozier, but it was like Terry Rozier or like, you know, some just random role player somewhere down the line, you know, was the one who was carrying us along. I was really glad to see that it was Tatum. And like you said, getting to the line as well. So that shows a bit of evolution, a bit more aggressiveness to his game too. So I I really hope we see at least like 80% of that in the Raptors game.
1: Yeah. I I think um, like this is not an enjoyable stretch, right? But, um, (laughs) you know, and You do that. You go through that, and and I I sometimes go down the line. I'm like, like is Tatum in the same league as Luca as a prospect? You know, and Uh and and my gut inclination right now is no. But like, I don't know that at all, right? Like, and and you can kind of when you go through these phases as a fan, these these are the days where I just don't want to even know about Steve Ball Like, I don't don't click on the articles. Mm -hmm. I shut myself away. Um, You forget that. You know, like, Jalen and Jason are still going to be really good NBA players. Jason's going to be a lot better. He is for sure going to be better. I'm very confident of that. But they're still going to be really good players, you know? And they are still making progress, you know? Like, they they have actually made progress, these young guys. You know, Jalen's sort of fought his way out of a slump. He, you know, and, I, I, like, I've I've bagged Jalen enough because I think he deserves it sometimes. But he's still going to be really good. and. We should still like enjoy watching their progress, you know. Like that's yep. at least something, right? Like, you know, yeah.
0: Uh, they um, also they complement each other quite well. Um, they are
1: different styles, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say Jordan and Pippen. I'm not going to say Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Those two names that I just said, I'm not saying that. But they they do <laughs> have some complementary skills that that um you know at their young age you could be excited about developing them in the future. And I don't know, like. You know, possibly we we don't end up landing our whale in Anthony Davis or whoever else. And um, you can still be excited about the fact that these guys are quite young. We've got them under contract, and you know, worst case is that we develop these two young studs. You know, like there's plenty to be excited about there. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm pretty confident in three years' time
2: we'll either have Anthony Davis or Jason Tatum, or maybe, maybe, maybe just both <laughs> somehow. I don't think there's a timeline in three years where we have none. Just just, just a feeling, but you know, if we don't, we're exactly. gonna someone decent. <laughs>
1: I'm, instead. I'm going, I'm gonna go on the record right now, right now. Um, I don't want us to trade for Anthony Davis. I don't want to win like that. Like, I, I keep coming back to this thing that we, we win, we root for stories, man. Like, and I don't like the story of trading for Anthony Davis. I just, it just doesn't sit right. I feel like we had. We are lugging around a lot of bad juju right now with the Isaiah Thomas thing. Yeah, I was about to say, did <laughs> you, did you like, you like didn't like Gordon the Isaiah Hayward. Kyrie trade either. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, and like the irrational side of me, and I'm, we're, we're so indulging this tonight, right? Like the the irrational side of us as fans. But man, like I sometimes wonder whether we, like we are the basketball gods are like punishing us right now for like <laughs> the, the, the Isaiah trade, you know? Um, I I felt like we were being rewarded up till then, and now we're being punished. You know, with this with a with a team that's just not Celtic.
0: Yeah, well, you know, as they say the, the simplest explanation is often the correct one, yeah. <laughs> aka Occam's razor. And you know that would that makes a lot of sense. You know, like um, is it karmically. You know, we did some we did ourselves some bad things there. Can I say can I just say
2: one thing, someone who's suffering far more than us after the Isaiah trade? Cleveland. Uh Thank you. Uh, Yeah, 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 true that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? I'll <laughs> <laughs> go
1: on. I'll see you then. Cleveland got three number one picks in a row. You know, it's like and that it, scene. It's and like they're probably going to get
2: Zion too. <laughs> yeah. Fucking oh. hell. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry> <laughs> hell. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene, and um, this is what it reminds you of. It's, probably, it's not actually that famous a scene, but there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in Mexico where, um, like the Antonio Banderas thing, where Johnny Depp's character is like, I restore balance. That's what I do. You need balance, and so like something good happens, and then he goes off and shoots a guy, and I sort of feel like yeah, that's Cleveland of the
0: Isaiah trade. You got three <laughs> Look, number speak- ones, you
1: screwed it up.
0: <laughs> Speaking of restoring balance, I you know we just touched on the game there a little bit, talking about. Um, Maker and, and certainly Tatum. I've got to rattle off a couple of the Next Day Thread comments from Reddit. Royal Ramble wrote, just watch the fourth quarter replay. Uh, turned the game off after the third because it was unbearable. And holy shit, the Nets didn't have a field goal in the last nine minutes. D'Lo wow. scored one in the fourth. Where were those Celtics in the first 36 minutes? Let's roll with the Jays. And... SR Stone, 71, wrote, I don't understand the logic behind calling timeout 30 seconds into the game, but not calling timeout until the end of Brooklyn's run yeah. that essentially ended the game. Either be aggressive with your timeouts or don't. And then in brackets, frankly, I'm in favor of the former, but don't be wildly inconsistent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, watching the, I was watching the Nuggets versus the Warriors today. And time and time again, uh, I think his name's Mike Malone, the Nuggets coach. Uh, As soon as the Warriors went on a run, which was, (laughs) let's be honest, quite regularly throughout the game, he he, he was calling timeouts to sort of, you know, to to reconvene with his squad, which I don't know, like Brad Stevens, you know, he's a wizard, whatever you want to say about it. Like he plays 4D chess. Sometimes you just need to call a freaking timeout, right? Mm -hmm. The team's performing poorly, need to have a chat, you need to talk it over, call a timeout you know, stem the flow of the opposing team. This is something that I, I am aligning with for SR Stone 71 here. I just, I just feel like don't d- don't overcomplicate these things. Just call a timeout when you need to. It's kind of a frustrating thing. Well, Brad's I wonder
1: if there. he, you know, like honestly, like the 30 second, the, the timeout, like after the first position of the game, right, was like, like Brad's throwing tantrums right now and not throw, not, you know, not calling a timeout is kind of almost another form of a tantrum. It's like... The silent treatment. Um, it's very yeah, it, totally, totally. It's like a passive aggressive. I'm
2: not gonna save you. you. I'm not yeah. gonna save you. Yeah. Sort yeah. that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If that if that's his philosophy, then I admire the boldness and I admire <laughs> the the that he's trying to craft it out himself too. But I would really hope to think that that at least come playoff time, but that's kind of rectified a, a little bit there. Um just a quick comment on, on the Brooklyn game before we move off it. That was actually a really, really even game if you think about it, because Quarters one and two, basically the same. Brooklyn was up by one. The third quarter, we were absolutely atrocious and Brooklyn took full advantage. Fourth quarter, Brooklyn was absolutely atrocious and we took advantage. But the difference, the one difference, was that their guard was D'Angelo Russell doing his best impression of Kobe and our guard was, at least while he was on the court, was Terry Rogier doing his best impression of Terry Rozier
0: this season. <laughs> yeah, so really, <laughs> I think a that's... fine job he did. Really,
2: that's all, that's all it came
0: down to, as far as I could tell, anyway. There was a post... By user Laba thirty three, and he wrote, "Does our shot distribution make sense?" And and looking at that post, he writes, he gives a little list of our, of our current breakdown of shots per game: Kyrie seventeen point seven, then it goes down to Tatum thirteen point three, and Morris eleven, Brown ten point three, Horford, and it's sort of it's a very All I guess even. what he's trying to Ill- illustrate here is it's kind of an even shot distribution with Kyrie sort of being the only outlier there and then Smart, you know, rounding off the bottom at, at 6.3 and, and frustratingly so, Rogier has, has more shots than Marcus <laughs> yeah. Smart. It's like, a, it's like a staircase going down, isn't it? It's like
2: that, then that, then there, then there.
0: Yeah, where if you compare that to the Warriors, it's, it's more like a cliff, right? Where Steph has 20.2 shots per game, Durant, 19.2. Clay 18.8. And then the next highest is Draymond at 6.8. And then and Cook at, at 6.5. And, you know, they're a team that, uh, you know, say, you don't really have to say anything else about the Warriors. Like, they're, they're clearly a great team. And, and maybe they've, they've got their distribution and their roles a little bit more defined there. Maybe that's something that the Celtics need to, to uh, take a leaf out of and, yeah. and lean a little bit more towards. I, I think
2: a lot of that's just Brad never having, like, a star go-to, you know, mega player that's capable of doing that kind of stuff. I mean, take Steph out of the Warriors, and they're still an, an, an absurdly good team, but they're, they're beatable. They become mortal as soon as you take Steph out. Take, mm-hmm. take the... I don't, how many shots a game would, would harden me getting for the Rockets? It would have to be like 23, 24 averaging, probably more like 30. Um, take him out, and, the, and, that, and that offense goes to shit. I mean, how, you could go on with everyone. Giannis with the Bucks, or... That Not the Raptors, someone else. You know what I mean, though? Like it's, it, anytime there's like one guy who's getting all the shots, you're relying on that one guy. And it's all well and good when they're making them and they're going in. But as soon as it goes to shit or they get hurt or it's that they're off form or blah, 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 then it all collapses. So I think that's Brad still trying to reconcile having all of his guys shoot the ball evenly and, and having faith that that system will pay off versus needing to just kind of say, all right, Kyrie, you need to take us through this period now because this is not going well. And reconciling that is going to be the sweet spot, at least for us, because I don't want to see us become a team where we are three best guys get all these shots and everyone is down here. Maybe that's the way of winning, but like Joe said, he doesn't want to see us trade for AD because that would not be, you know, a good story. I wouldn't like it if we changed that setup halfway through the season for the sake of winning. I would rather it come about in this system that might, I might live to regret saying that and, and we might change and that happens and we start winning. I'm like, yeah, you go to the Celtics. But uh, ideal, ideally, I, ideally, I want us to keep to persist with what we've got.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Harden does, has 23, 23. 23, yep. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I mean, this is how I think basketball should be played as, you know, I think everyone should shoot it 10 times a game. I think that's great. Um. You know, and sometimes your philosophy doesn't work in reality. But philosophically, you know, I'd be pretty committed to something like this. That's how, how I think a game should be played. So it's hard for me to say that we should change. But I, the Warriors are such a sui generis. Oh, sui generis. Didn't expect to get Latin <laughs> when you tuned in tonight, did you? Yeah, I don't I even know
2: what that means, man. <laughs> it means
1: one, one of a kind. If you break it down, sui, sui like suicide, right? Uh-huh. Homicide, killing a man; suicide, yeah. self-kill. So sui, self kill. So educating the people, I yeah. love it. So yeah, and generous is like generous is like kind, right? Like we can kind of figure that out. But um, yeah, like the, the way the Warriors' three main pieces fit together is kind of it's kind of unprecedented. Like we we you know like um I don't know that there's I don't know that you can quite compare it to it uh, to the Warriors just uh, um. For a start, they rebound the ball a little better, I think, (laughs) so there's more shots to go around. Um, But, yeah, like, you've got three, like, galactic talents, you know, there. And um, our our guys aren't quite the same, you know? Like, we don't have, like, Kyrie is amazing, and Tatum will be really good. But, like, everyone else isn't on that level um, as an offensive player, I, I, I don't think and um so i'm kind of working this out as i'm talking it through but i, I don't feel like that's a that's yeah. a sort of a shot profile that we can have i was listening to la birds um pod and he was talking about how he kind of wants tatum to take more pull up jump shots i thought <laughs> well well, there's a basis for there's a basis for an argument there because no, no, I don't want him. And and um, the, I want the him Aussie to boat make guy pull up shots, but not necessarily yeah, take them. Definitely yeah. not take more. <laughs> but the the guy, the guy username, I think his name's Eddie or Aus, Australian boat. Anyway, he's like yeah, um, that's the one. He had some. He was a. Were, it was a really good listen. Like yeah. Um, the um he 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 mentioned this thing about Tatum, and he's like he always pump fakes, and then drives left, and pulls up. And I was like, wow, he really does. He really does. Like he's often, if he if he shoots it going to his right, I feel like he's coming off a screen, like a ball screen. Um, it, that's that's the example that stick in my mind. But I don't want Tatum to do that. I want Tatum to make quick decisions. Quick basketball. 0.5 basketball. That's what we were talking about just last week. <laughs> Bring it back.
0: Yeah, like I think that's kind of the difference, right? You know, we're looking at the the shot distribution that LaBird's laid out here, and the difference between the Warriors and and the Celtics. Like the Warriors have got this offense that's centered around their their best three players, right? And so the it's designed to always find Steph or Clay or Durant. But the the Celtics offense, at least by design from Brad Stevens, more of a motion offense, more of a read and react offense, and so it, the ball isn't necessarily designated to to end up in someone's hands. At every point, every trip down the court, it's more about zipping the ball around the court and finding the best shot. Constant flow and constant constant reaction and motion. I think that's that's the main difference there. And Tatum needs to play within within that scheme, right? Like he needs to catch the ball and react immediately and make the play immediately, rather than to sort of think about himself. I think that's maybe a problem for a lot of the guys on the team at the moment. Can
1: I? Can I? If I could have a chance to re having a go at that, another go at that point, like, look. The Warriors have three guys that are so so much better on offense, right, than than anyone else on their team. They really do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they'd be better than almost in any with any set of teammates that you could pull out from anywhere else in the league. They'd be so much better. But in the Celtics' case, like the guys are kind of equivalently talented offensively. I think Hayward's obviously underperforming a little bit. Like, but Hawford's game isn't to shoot. You know, twenty shots a game. Um, you know, they're all kind of like equally capable of putting the ball in the hole. And, and I guess that's kind of, you know, that's kind of reflected yeah. in, in their shot profile. There There's certainly something to be said, though, for if Tatum did have a, Tatum or Brown had a bigger, like we see it with Rosier, he, you know, he does better in a bigger role. There, there's yeah. something to be said for that. But um, yeah, I don't think you can just engineer that.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I, I always try and never I never try and compare the Celtics to either the Warriors or a LeBron James team because you can make so many points. It's like, oh, the Warriors did this, or LeBron did this, and blah blah blah. But it's like you know th- those are those are the sui kinds of the NBA world. <laughs> um, so to to, to, to compare them to the Celtics, I don't feel like we've quite earned that mantle yet. So yeah, any comparison that I see, I have to kind of you have to sort of take with a grain of salt. I think.
0: Yep, all good points, and uh, another Reddit post, another Reddit shout-out posted by user Booty126 posts the expectations, the reality, the facts, and the optimism, and he writes, the Ex- expectations, first place, best record, best-looking team, title contender, everything is just peachy, take me back, etc. yeah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. We, we all know the expectations, the reality, fifth place, chemistry issues, inconsistent play, road struggles, inconsistent bench, Inconsistent players, an uncertain future. And then the facts. Number two in the league in points differential. Five to three versus the top four in the East. And brackets two and over against Philly. Top five defensive team. Number one in assist to turnover ratio. Number three in opponent three-point percentage. 39 regular season games left. Kyrie Smart. Morris having career years. And the Time Lord. And the optimism section just refers to those facts that I just mentioned. So, I don't know, like... Does it align with everything we've spoken about so far in this episode? Not necessarily, but, you know, we're fans. This this podcast was formed based on our fandom of the team, and sometimes you just need to read some shit like this, so I thought it was worth calling out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah t- totally. Like, it's not like we're going to stop watching, you know, it's not like we're going to stop cheering for the Celtics, you know, like even when things are, aren't fun, you know, like this is... You kind of I guess we're kind of earning our stripes as fans right now. That's another way of looking at it, right? Yeah, like yeah. stick
0: with it. You,
1: yeah, you have to go like I don't I don't know how you guys feel, but like I sort of feel like if you didn't go through the like the Greg Odin year, the Greg Odin tanking year or the year prior <laughs> where we had like Mark Blunt, you know, as our center. Mm-hmm. If you didn't if you didn't if you don't remember Yuri Welsh, you know, like like then you don't get to enjoy this, you know. The same, yeah. you know, like it can't be the same. I'm not trying to knock people because you know people are young or whatever. They you join up, you get you get excited about the team when you do, but but it means more to you, eh? Like when you've when you've had a chance to support
2: a team through yeah.
1: difficult times. Yeah. I, w- you know?
2: I wasn't there for that, but I was there for Phil Pressy, Jamal Crawford, and <laughs> uh, no, I really sorry no, Phil Phil J- Jordan Crawford great. rather. Jared Sullinger, who we we all had great hopes for and stuff. So I'm showing my immaturity there. But yeah, no, I totally, I'm totally with you. (laughs) And I I said this on my big rant the other week about the negativity on the the state of the Celtic sub. If this year all goes to shit, then that's going to suck. But we're going to be back next year. And you've yeah. got you've got to believe oh, yeah. they're going to be better. In, in, in if they're worse in some respects, they're going to be better in some respects. It's a give or take. When we're, we're not going to trend yeah. down permanently, and if we do, then there's another year to correct that. You know what I mean? It's, it's an ongoing thing. We got to play the we
0: got to have a one eye on the long game as much as it sucks to be underperforming now. Yeah. Someone someone posted on the the post game thread, and I haven't added this in because you know I never like to call out a, a you know a specific username for a, for a negative comment, but someone basically said this team is miserable this is a miserable experience following this team and i i'm not watching them again like i give up on this team they're pathetic and i actually replied and i was like dude this is not what misery feels like like there are some miserable parts of you know of humanity and, and you know living on this planet and relationships and and even you know sports related misery, but this is not that. We're halfway through uh, and up until this point, disappointing NBA season. Like it's going to be fine, and if not this year, then in years to come. There that we've got a lot in our our war chest. We've got you know Joe, you mentioned the 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 windy pod um, that came out I think yesterday or earlier today. You know they, they we're talking about how Gordon Hayward and until he becomes even eighty percent of 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 you know, Gordon Haywood passed, like this, this team can't expect to, to be the, the team that maybe our front office and our coaching staff plan for them to be. So there's, there's a lot still in the works. There's a lot to come. We're only halfway through the season. And I just think that the, the whole misery vibe is really like the only misery is that that's how you feel. That That's what I think. Just you have to give this team a chance, and you have to allow yourself to like feel the full spectrum of of emotions yeah. as a sporting fan. Yeah, you do. Like this is fine, and like it's acceptable, and it will happen again, and it will be so much worse eventually. If you're alive long enough and supporting this team long enough, all these guys will retire, and there's going to be a, this yeah. whole other, you know, early two thousands, nineties Celtic stretch where yeah. we have to build it up all over again. Like, yeah, is, if, is, if you're in if you're
2: in for the long haul, you're going to see at least three or four tanks your whole life. <laughs> really. Yes at least <laughs> sadly but that's just the fact you know you just got to hope that you see at least one or two championships along the way to juxtapose that but i mean that's just social media isn't it it's either it's a, everything's the best or everything's terrible no one's in the middle just saying like ah oh, this is a bit unfortunate but you know it's all right
1: well, well there are I, but they
2: get drowned out you know
1: see i don't see it in the middle i don't think that's the right way to think about it um it's more both things are true like they're equally true like it's like if you've got your foot in a bucket of boiling hot water and your foot in a bucket of freezing cold water, <laughs> the truth is that you have a bucket and, you know, you have a foot in a bucket of boiling water and a bucket of freezing water. The truth is not that on average, you're lukewarm, you know, and, <laughs> <Just> and sucks. <laughs> you, you know, so, so like, so in the case of being a fan, right? Like it is true that like, it does, you, you have an emotional reaction to being a fan. That's what, it is, and I don't think like, like I I don't like being told to to calm down. You know, like <laughs> it's not that I'm not, not actually talk to anyone about this stuff, but like, but there's this <laughs> I'll never sentiment you beyond, yeah. down, Joe. Don't you worry? <laughs> yeah, but there's this sentiment that like this everything is fine type thing, and big picture, yes, everything is fine. But at the same time, like the experience that you that you're having currently is like unpleasant. You know, it is it is totally it is equally true that it is unpleasant. That you know, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It is just as true to say that, hey, this experience with this team right now is really unpleasant, as it is true to say that it is totally essential to go through this unpleasant experience as a fan, and that it, you know, there will come a time where we go up, and there will come a time where we go down. You know, like they're both equally true. Does that make sense? As opposed to like being in the yeah. middle and like kind of not caring. You know, it,
0: it does <laughs> make sense, and I agree that it is unpleasant, but it's not. It's not miserable. I just feel, I guess maybe yeah, people yeah. need to choose their adjectives more carefully, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's not, um, like it, I'm trying to think of a polit- politically correct way to say this, but it, it's not overly sadness inducing. I've, I've censored out a few, maybe, um, <laughs> right. more intense don't, words. Don't there. go Derek Rose on us here. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it shouldn't be depths of sadness that's
2: that's miserable you know what I mean it shouldn't be but it is for some unfortunately my advice to those people is you know don't don't necessarily calm down just go for a walk find another sport to support you know I got like five teams that I go for if two of them are (laughs) shit I focus on the other three if 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 four of them are great then I I walk around this big shit eating grit on my face all day and life's (laughs) wonderful and then there was this two there's two month two month I can't remember how long, but it was this period earlier this year where they were all terrible. You know what I did? I started listening to music again. I got like all these new favorite bands that I never knew about because I had to get <laughs> away from it. So yeah. there, are, there, are, there are so many things that you can do to alleviate the misery if that's how you yeah. felt. But you're, right, you, you're right, Joe. You've, part of it is feeling the pain. Part of it is suffering. So you can get those highs to go with the lows as well. But, you know, it, it shouldn't ruin your life. Yeah, and look,
1: okay, this will be my comment on... This is my last one. It's basketball. Like I love basketball too much for it to ever be miserable for me. Yeah. Totally. yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah.
0: The, enjoy the, the process. Should I say the process? Um, <laughs> different process, but enjoy whatever this process is in, in this team figuring it out. I, I, I feel like they'll get there. I need to give a shout out to, there's a user, STL who last time we did an episode like this where I just sort of coincided with a, a terrible loss. I think it was a loss at home to the Suns. He commented on the, the Reddit post and was like, You guys absolutely miserable this episode. Like you guys need to pick up that energy. And <laughs> I, I sort of went into this episode with that in mind, right? Like even though things are a little gloomy around the subreddit and around the team, like I don't know, whatever. It's important to brush it off and just, you know, hope for uh, you know, things like a, a nice solid win against the Raptors tomorrow. So I don't know. Yeah, we still hope. All right, a couple of other quick Reddit shout outs here. So user all creatives posted a tweet by Sherrod Blake Blakely, rather. Kyrie having addressed his Celtics teammates in the locker room afterwards in what was described as a positive message. Hey, there's that positive message again. That the way they played in the fourth quarter against Brooklyn is the way they need to play throughout the game. So that's that's something that you know we're hopeful to see against the Raptors tomorrow, which we'll get to in a moment. And user CelticMod, which is for sure a automated bot on the Celtics sub, <laughs> uh, posted the r slash Boston Celtics, the Celtics subreddit, best of 2018 voting thread. Uh, and if you visit Celtics Reddit at any point in time, you'll see that it's sticky to the top of the sub. Um, but get in there because there's there's some well-known Celtics contributors and users and, and original content creators and posters and whatnot that you can vote for for the, the best of 18 uh, voting thread. So one of those users is us, uh, the Celtics Reddit podcast. You can vote hey. for us as um, best original content contributors, I believe. So get in there and get us an upvote. And I think we get something like one month of Reddit gold as a reward. So hopefully they figure out a way to distribute that among the three of us. Uh you can have Timmy.
2: I think it would be fair. Yeah. I think. I think. I think. I yeah. don't know what it We're, is. To wear, that, wear that little you gold badge it? on your account. Don't you worry, mate.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> best contributor you've got you've got timmy there obviously the, the highlights guru you've got user rls012 who's commenting it up in in basically every thread and i believe you've also got larbird33 LaBird. yeah. someone that we've, we've mentioned a couple of times don't be afraid uh, to throw him a like either or an upvote you
2: know you might not like his opinion it might be controversial but hey like everyone loves timmy everyone loves rl012 Sorry, i got that wrong but yeah consider Labird, man
0: well, the thing that is good about not only Larbird, but like uh, Bill Hondo and and some of these other guys, I think there's another guy like Tatum Betafoltz is that they um they create a balance in, in, in our little community here where oh, it's like not it. just everyone being like, don't worry, we'll be fine. Gordon Hayward, it is a very valuable contract and it, these guys actually come in with the, the more negative takes and, and maybe bring us back down to earth a little bit. Um, You could say that they're a little bit more realistic in their takes around the team and, and some of the players. So... That's what makes it a good community. So, I, I, all of these guys being nominated for um for contributors and original content and, and whatever it may be, like it's all worthwhile. And you know, if you're passionate about the community, if you're passionate about the team and the subreddit, you should definitely get in there and, and get your vote in because it's all it's all worthwhile and it's uh it's a good cause, I guess. Someone's gonna get some Reddit gold out of it. Maybe it'll be me, and then I'll figure out what Reddit gold is and exactly <laughs> what you do with it. <laughs> we'll see. All right, we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be back in a moment to talk about the Raptors game and some of the games coming up in the week ahead. All right, welcome back. Obviously, we've got the Raptors game coming up and if you're listening to this by the time I edit it all and put it together, it's probably only in a few hours uh Raptors are a marquee team they're you know they're up there and uh I believe the second seed at the moment in the East and this team the Celtics that is have had a propensity to put up really good games against really good teams and really bad games against really bad teams the Raptors are obviously the former so I'm kind of excited about this game and looking ahead at the two games coming up the Raptors and the Grizzlies kind of would put money on a win against the Raptors over the Grizzlies given our sort of trend so far, i um, curious to, to know from you guys, you know, predictions and, and all of that with the Raptors game coming up soon. Uh, given that we're at the halfway point of the season, and as much as it irks me to say, you have to take
2: your hat off to the Raptors and the box, but I'd say particularly the Raptors for being like the real model of consistency throughout this NBA season. Like, there have been that many number one seeds in the West come and go, and there have been, you know, so many, like, hot and cold streaks throughout the season thus far. I mean, we've got the same record as the as the, the Rockets right now, who were dead and buried to start with, and now James Harden's playing, like, you know, the second coming of, like, every single religious deity put into one body at, at once. So, for all that being said, I think the Raptors being, whether or not they're the, the one seed or not, I think they're half a game back from Milwaukee or something along those lines, they've been they've been tremendous this season. So. Whenever you're going up against a quality opponent, it's always a far more exciting watch or a far more entertaining game uh, f- for me to, for, to definitely watch. Having said that, as good as our home form has been this, this season, um, this and, and hopefully we'll have Kyrie and Smart back, maybe even Baines as well, I think I said is, is now questionable for this game. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith. I think, we're just, I, I, think, I think we're in a bad spell at the moment, and this would be the perfect cure to get us out of that bad spell. At least you would think we'd probably drop a game after that. Um, but I, I, I've still, I'm still going to watch, and I'm still going to go in optimistic because I think the games like this is what brings the best out of this group, and I think there's every chance we show up tomorrow night and we do put on a performance. And even if we do lose, like I would be probably happy just seeing a good performance I'd still be upset because you know we kind of need wins now if we're going to be thinking about the playoffs and the seedings and whatnot but I, I, I don't think we'll win but I am I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we can get a result here I'm just more like I have no
1: idea what to expect anymore none <laughs> no no, you don't really hope, springs fun, right? eternal. hope springs eternal I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be I'm going to be doing my darndest to watch you know it's, it's not ideal actually Having these big games not on a weekend. Um but
0: uh, yeah, it's tough. Well, you know uh Bainesy. i Uh bloody Bainesy. Questionable yeah. for the game tomorrow oh, against yeah. the Raptors. He could be back and um, you know, big Aussie, get him in there. Get him in there. Uh, yeah. who, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what might happen. I, but <laughs> it, in all seriousness, they, the the Raptors, um uh his name is escaping me at the moment, but they're they're starting big man, sort of Euro. C- uh, a yeah, um, no. Valanciunas. Uh, Valanciunas. Valanciunas. thank you. Thank you. He's out. Um, And getting Baines in there to maybe take up more of those big man minutes, set some screens. I don't know. You start to feel a little bit more comfortable about the the defense and the rebounding situation, which we've kind of struggled in. Um, Fred Van Vliet, I think, is also questionable for the Raptors tomorrow. So th- there's some sort of things that tip it in, in favor of the Celtics, along with we need a bounce back game we're finally back at home and this team seems to show up against you know the big opponents i uh i don't know i'm I'm quietly confident i just feel like like we can win this game and it's like okay we're back on track or based off of the last three losses against terrible teams we lose and we spiral into an even deeper darker depression <laughs> so it's like we really need to win this game basically and therefore i think we should
1: I just hope it's competitive, like truly competitive, not like a comeback, like <laughs> like if we're gonna lose like let's just let's at least let's
0: at least go out with our heads held high, yeah, fight <laughs> someone, yeah, yeah, not that I'm advocating that, but uh you know, show some passion,
1: <laughs> Ben man, you're flipping skirting with all sorts of controversy <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll take a thirty point comeback win just saying. yeah i'll have it i'll absolutely have it um but uh yeah i mean the one thing that would honestly surprise me of the next stretch of games is if we lost them all that would be the one thing that would blow my mind but no way like that's that's impossible i wouldn't be surprised if we beat the Raptors and then lost the next three or we lost the Raptors then won next three or went two of two it was like this stretch we had earlier in the season i think (laughs) where i was like i won't be surprised how this record breaks down no sorry How do I say that? I won't be surprised if, like, I think we'll go two and two, but I have no idea how it's going to break down. Which team will win? Which team will lose to? So I feel like it's another one of those situations where we're now.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah,
0: it's going to be interesting. Obviously, after the the Raptors, we've got the Grizzlies. They were away against the Hawks, and we're back at home against the Heat. So I don't know. Normally, you'd be like, "Well, okay, some easy opponents there, some sub five hundred teams that we can rattle off a couple of wins against." But um, you know, if the last week tells you anything nothing is certain but we'll see nothing's unreasonable man it's just like
1: it's it's we just you know like we just don't have a sense for the team like we don't have a, a feel for the trajectory of it one way or the other right so yeah. you know so
2: all we can do is hope all we can do is hope <laughs> i'm like i'm like 90% sure we're going to finish the season as the 5th seed i don't see us slipping i don't see us clawing into the 4th or 3rd unfortunately but uh, you, I, I think Philadelphia would be absolutely fucking devastated if they have to face us in the first round, even with home court. Like as bad as we 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 think we're going at the moment, like Philadelphia just must yeah, play. Yeah. would dread that matchup, would absolutely dread that matchup, and that might just be what we need. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> yeah, that is. Hey. Anyway. We just have, we do have their number, but hey, eh? we do have uh, just like the Raptors have ours, you know.
0: All right, that'll just about do it for this here episode of the Celtic Reddit Podcast. Thanks to all the listeners out there for joining us. We might just be back for a bit of a weekend edition with a special guest after the Grizzlies game this weekend. We'll see. So keep your eyes peeled for that. In the meantime, hit us up on Reddit or Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, feedback, praise, complaints, whatever it may be. We're, we're keen to hear from you guys. So let us know. Jackson, Joe, thanks again, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank thanks, you, guys. guys. All right. Thanks again. Go Celtics. Peace.